presents Academy Award. Every week, Squibb brings you Hollywood's finest. The great picture plays, the great actors and actresses. Techniques and skills chosen from the honor roll of those who have won or been nominated for the famous Golden Oscar of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. of Tibet, the highest part of the Earth's surface. That snow-capped peak above you is Karakal, and below, in the valley of the blue moon, lies the lamasery of Shangri-La. It was a strange and incredible sight, a group of colored pavilions clinging to the mountainside like flower petals impaled upon a crag. Overhead, a dazzling pyramid of snow, beautiful, terrifying. From the stormy cliffs on which we stood to the serene peace and quiet of Shangri-La was like a descent into another world. I came to this world across the mountains from India. We had been flying from Baskul to Peshawar on the northwest frontier. I was the British consul in Baskul, and my vice consul, a young fellow named Mallinson, was making the trip with me. Besides us, there were a few other passengers and the pilot. Our plane should have landed in Peshawar at about 5.30. We never arrived at our destination. Conway. I think... Conway, are you asleep? Hmm? Well, what's that? What's the matter, Mallinson? Anything wrong? I'm not sure. I think our pilot's off his course. Off his course? Nonsense. No, no, no. Look, 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 look down there. Nothing but mountains as far as you can see. Oh, I don't recognize this part of the world at all. Yes. Yes, I should say you were right, Mallinson. The man's lost his way. What's that, Conway? Did you say we were lost? Lost? Oh, no, it's quite all right, everyone. There's nothing to be upset about, I'm sure. Still, there's nothing like finding out, is there? Look, shall I speak to the pilot, Conway? No, don't bother. I'll do it. Uh, you there, pilot. Open the panel. Open up. I want to speak to you. I advise that you ask no questions, please. Oh, certainly. Now, look here. We want to know where we are. I advise that you be seated. I will not be seated. I will... Uh, Mallinson, I don't know whether you've noticed it, but there's a revolver pointed directly at my chest. Under the circumstances, I think you'd better do as the gentleman suggests. After that, we sat in the darkness of the plane, each of us pretending to sleep. Suddenly, the plane lurched sharply. There was a loud rushing sound in my ears, and I realized that we were coming down. But fast, much too fast. 
stumbled from the plane, badly shaken but uninjured. The cold was intense. A solid icy cold that you could touch with your fingertips. I knew we must be somewhere in Tibet, a vast barren region of wind-swept upland. Conway, come here. There's something the matter with this pilot fellow. I can't get a word out of him. I'll loosen the strap of his helmet. He's still breathing anyhow. There was little we could do for him. We watched his breathing grow more labored every hour. And as the early rays of the sun caught the summit of the mountain, the man died. I say, Conway. Yes? I've just been looking at that mountain. Am I seeing things or are those men coming toward us? They were men. A party of a dozen or more crawling like ants across the white face of the cliff. As they drew near, we saw they carried among them a hooded chair, and in it, a heavily robed figure. An elderly Chinese, gray-haired... I am from the Lamasery of Shangri-La. Well... My name is Chang. Uh, my name is Conway. Yes, Conway. Your ship is beyond repair? Oh, I'm afraid so. And anyway, our pilot is dead. So, you will come to Shangri-La. It is a hazardous journey, but the only place of habitation within a thousand miles. I insist upon acting as your guide. Oh, you're, you're very kind. Thank you. And of course you know our stay won't be long. We want to return to civilization as soon as possible. Are you so certain you are away from it? <laughs> a pass at about 20,000 feet, which we managed with the aid of long ropes. When we had struggled breathlessly to the top, I saw above us, shimmering in the rosy twilight, the loveliest mountain on earth. That snow-capped peak above you is Caracal, and below in the valley of the blue moon lies the lamasery of Shangri-La. I never exactly remembered how we arrived at the Lamasery. The thin air had a dream-like texture, and I was conscious of a strange sensation, half mystical, half visual, of having reached at last some place that was an end, a finality. Shangri-La, I learned, was a sort of monastery whose inhabitants ruled the natives in the valley below. Those in full Lama hood numbered about 50, and their prevalent belief was in moderation, the virtue of avoiding excess of all kinds. These things I learned the first night, as I stood with Chang on the broad balcony overlooking the valley. There is something more you would like to know, Mr. Conway? Please. I want to know, uh, this morning when you found us, were you setting out on a journey? No. Well, then you came there deliberately to intercept us. That suggests that you must have known we were coming. The interesting question is, how? You are very clever, but not entirely correct. Therefore, I should counsel you not to worry your friends with these abstract discussions. No, they want something more concrete. They want to know exactly 
how long you're going to keep us here. There will be certain unavoidable delays. How long? The difficulties of the trip, obtaining the necessary porter. No, no, no. How long? Please. You may tell your friends a few months. But you don't guarantee it, huh? Is that what you mean? Well, for myself, I, I can't say I shall mind a great deal. It's a new and interesting experience. In time to come, you may find it even more interesting. Good night. In the days that followed at Shangri-La, I gave myself over to a rich and growing enchantment. In the petal-colored buildings which dotted the mountain, I recognized priceless treasures of art. Paintings and sketches, exquisite ceramics, preserved for more than a thousand years. In the spacious library, I discovered the great literature of the present and of centuries past. One morning, I stood beside a lotus pool in an open pavilion of the Lamasery. In an archway behind me, a young girl was seated at a harpsichord, a girl in Chinese dress. Her jet-black hair was drawn tightly back and braided. Her mouth was small and pink. She was like a delicately painted miniature. That was very lovely. You are pleased. More than pleased. Oh, uh, my name is Hugh Conway. They call me Lotsen. Lotsen. And do you live below in the valley? No. I live here. At the Lamasery? Yes. But as yet, I have not attained the full lamahood. You mean, you are a lama? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm a bit confused. I thought only men could be lamas. They will tell you, when you have been here longer, that in the lamahood, there are no distinctions between a man and a woman. But you, you're hardly more than a child. Shall I play for you again? Please. And that concludes part... Shall I play for you again? Please. Good morning. Oh, morning, Chang. You are pleased with Lo Tsen? Mm, she plays beautifully. She has studied for many, many years. Well, how could she? How old is Lo Tsen? Well, I... I'm afraid I cannot tell you. One night, when the moonlight fell on Shangri-La, bathing the pavilion in a sea of blue... I am sorry to disturb you at this hour, but I bring you important news. Yes, Chang? I congratulate you, sir. Tonight you are to be received by the High Lama. As I followed Chang through the lamasery, I knew I was on the threshold of some great discovery. Pattering in front of me, he mounted a spiral staircase to a door which opened noiselessly before us. Chang left silently. As I became accustomed to the gloom, I saw sitting before me a small and wrinkled man. He was motionless. A faded antique portrait in Chinese dress, 
his face thin and drawn tight over the frame of his skull. And his eyes... I felt dizzy beneath the gaze of those ancient eyes. You are Mr. Conway. I am. It is a pleasure to see you, Mr. Conway. Please sit down. I am an old man and can do no one any harm. I feel it a great honor to be received by you. Thank you. Chang tells me you have been asking many questions about our community and its affairs. Oh, yes. I am very much interested. The history of Shangri-La begins rightly in the city of Peking in the year 1719. For it was then that four friars set out on a long and perilous journey by Lan Chao and Koko Noor. Three died on the way, and the fourth was not far from death, when by accident he stumbled into the rocky defile that remains today the only practical approach to our valley of the blue moon. There, to his joy and surprise, he found a friendly population who bade him welcome. Quickly he recovered his health and began to preach his mission. His name was Father Perrault. For more than half a century, Father Perrault labored with his hands like any other man, tilling his own garden and learning from the inhabitants as well as teaching them. Then, in the year 1789, news descended to the valley that Father Perrault was dying at last. He gathered his friends and servants round him and bade them all farewell. But the end was not yet. He lay for many weeks without speech or movement. And then he began to recover. He was then a hundred and eight. What he had told me was not beyond belief, but as he went on, I was held speechless with wonder. It was 14 years later, he told me, that a wanderer found his way to Father Perro's monastery, an Austrian named Henschel. A great friendship sprang up between the two, and Henschel stayed on. It was then they had a wild, fantastic dream. Art treasures from Europe and Asia were purchased with the valley's gold and stored at Shangri-La. The library was filled with all the great works of the world. And later it was decided to admit travelers and strangers who had lost their way. In the years that followed, strangers did come. In 1910, Henshaw died. In 1910? But you said he came here in 1803. There had been a quarrel about some porters. Henschel had just told one of our guests of the important proviso that governs their reception. 
And perhaps you are wondering, Mayor Conway, what that proviso may be. I think I can already guess. We are to stay here all of our lives. And can you guess anything else? Seems impossible. And yet impossible as it may be, I know that it's the truth. What is my son? That you are still alive, Father Barrow. Almost beyond belief, the High Lama who sat beside me had lived for nearly two and a half centuries. Our coming was no accident, he said. There had been no travelers to Shangri-La for 20 years. Many Lamas had died. And our pilot had been sent out into the world to bring new life to the Lamasery. Then there is death at Shangri-La. Yes, my son. There are many of us who live no more than a hundred years. And if one of your lamas were to leave the Valley of the Blue Moon? He would die. His years would fall on his shoulders like a great burden. And he would die very soon. An old, old man. Then, when did you come here? How long ago? I was betrothed to a prince of Turkestan. We were traveling to Kashgar to meet him when my carriers lost their way in the mountains. Well, when did this happen? In 1864. I was 18. 18? Then now the you The missionaries are... of Shangri-La found us. They brought us here. I never saw the man I was to marry. Then in all these years, you have never known the meaning of love. Lutzen, is there no love at Shangri-La? Is there no room for love at Shangri-La, Lutzen? She didn't answer. But I saw a faint flush rising in her ivory cheek. And then I was aware that someone had entered the pavilion and was watching us. It was Mallinson. One night at midnight, I was summoned to the presence of the High Lama. Tell me, my son, have you been happy at Shangri-La? Quite happy, Father Perro. And what of Mr. Melanson? Will he learn to be content also? I'm afraid he's going to be a problem. He's going to be your problem. Well, why mine? Because, my son, I am going to die. You... Father Perro. Yes, we are all mortal even here in the Valley of the Blue Moon. But I must feel at rest before I die. And that is why I sent for you tonight. You do me a great honor, Father. I have waited for you, my son, for a long time. My son, there is a great storm gathering in the world, a black fury which will not spend itself for many years. It may rage till every flower of culture is trampled, and all human things are leveled in vast chaos. But I believe that you will live through the storm. Beyond that, my vision weakens. 
But I see at a great distance a new world stirring in the ruins, seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will all be here, my son, hidden behind the mountains in the valley of the blue moon. And you will be here to give them to the hopeful world. My son, I place in your hands the heritage and destiny of Shangri-La. Hailana stopped speaking. The glow in his eyes faded. Presently it came to me as in a dream. The High Lama was dead. Conway! Conway, I've been waiting for you. I say, what's the matter, Conway? Are you ill? Oh, I'm just tired. Well, pull yourself together, man. The porters are waiting for us. The porters? It's all arranged. They're going to take us back to Peshawar. Yeah, but... but I want to take Lode Sen out of this dreary place. Hurry, Conway, hurry. But, but you can't. I... I'm in love with Lode Sen, and she loves me. She's coming with us. Lode Sen mustn't go. It's impossible. Why? Why is it impossible? Well, you must take my word for it. Lode Sen must never leave Conway, here. Conway, the two of us can't manage the cliff. We must have your help. I want to get away from this place, and Lode Sen, too. She's young. Doesn't she count? Lode Sen is not young. Not young? You're raving, man. It's the truth. Her beauty is a fragile thing. We can only live where fragile things are loved. Take her away from this valley and she'll fade away like an echo. Mallinson, listen to me. I tried then to tell him the secret of Shangri-La. He looked at me as though I were mad. And as I read the disbelief in his eyes, I began to doubt myself. It was too incredible even me to believe. And then, Lotsen came to me. You will help us, please. We need you. Lotsen, do you wish to leave Shangri-La? Yes. Oh, you know, you, you understand the risk. I love him. If he is not with me, I would die here. For hours, I paced the balcony. I couldn't tell whether I had been mad and was now sane or had been sane for a time and was now mad again. But always before me were the wistful, pleading eyes of a little Manchu girl. And I knew that whatever was her fate, I must share in it. That morning, with the wind roaring through the jagged cliffs, we made the descent from Shangri-La. We traveled toward the east, Mallinson, the girl, and I. And then our porters began to desert. One by one, they disappeared, until there were just the three of us, creeping like snails across a desert wilderness. And then, for a long time, we were only two. Mallinson had died. First, I tried to believe it was the hardship of our journey which had changed Lotsen. I am tired. I can go no further. We must go on, Lotsen. I am tired. There. Look. Look, that must be the last range. That mountain. You see, Lotsen? It is too far. I cannot see so far. Mm. 
One more step, Lucien. One more step. One more. One more. No. You must go on alone from here. Her eyes were depthless shadows. Her skin drawn, the color of ancient parchment. Her cheekbones. Lutzen! Lutzen! I am old. I am so old. found us on the road to Chungkiang, and we were taken to the hospital there. Lo Tsen, they told me later, Lo Tsen died that same night. The oldest woman they had ever seen. The storm of which Father Pedro warned me still rages. Not yet has the Christian ethic been fulfilled when the meek shall inherit the earth. But Shangri-La has a heritage to cherish and bequeath with such wisdom as men will need when their passions are spent. Soon, I hope I will return. Somewhere beyond Lhasa, on the high roof of the world, I seem to picture a long plateau running north. And far away a mountain, rising white against the sky. I hope to find it again, for this, I think, is Caracal. And beyond is Shangri-La and the Valley of the Blue Moon. Brundage bidding you good night until next week at the same time when the House of Squid invites you to join us for Academy Awards. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.